Welcome to the SPU Voices podcast, where we tell personal stories with universal impact. Our guest today is Peter Choi. He came to SPU as an international student from Korea to study journalism. His career took off immediately after graduation, and he was working as an international correspondent for the Korean National News during the pandemic, which left Peter and his new wife quarantining on opposite sides of the globe. They were recently reunited when Peter became a local multimedia reporter for KXLY in Spokane. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, let's start with what feels like an obvious first question to me. Hmm. Why journalism? Why is that something that that um, you crossed the globe to study. Why? Why did you want to be a reporter? You know, that's that's a question that I always ask myself in the morning. You know, why? <laughs> why did? Why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, but you know, I want to go back um, to when I was a uh, little a boy, basically. You know, I always loved speaking. You know, in front of public. Um, but the, the year I really wanted to pursue journalism was uh, when SPU had a campus shooting in 2014. Um, I remember sitting in my dorm in Emerson Building, uh, and uh, the only the way to kind of stay connected with what was actually going on happening outside my room was uh, was the news mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, and, um, and at that time I was living in my single room, so I didn't have a roommate like anybody else. Uh, so you know, I was really scared, you know, because I didn't—I really didn't know uh, what was actually going on. And my RA was running up and down, and close the door, stay inside. And I was, you know, I was very scared at the time. Um, but watching TV news uh, really helped me, you know, stay informed at that time. Um, you know, and that was the moment I realized the importance of the news. And, um, and I remember telling myself, you know, I want to be like that reporter on the scene. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be like that guy um, on t- in TV, on TV that, you know, helping viewers like me um, who may not know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the, the pivotal moment um, at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So you graduate, you get married, you land your dream job as an international reporter for a a large state-run TV station in Korea. I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, it seems like exactly what you're saying, right? You you were a a student in your dorm room, you're watching TV saying, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. And then right after graduation, that's what you were doing. Yeah, which is, which is crazy thing to think about. Um, But actually after my graduation and uh, my first job, I, I went to military. I served military in Korea for a couple of years. And then um, I was just trying to go back to States, uh, but I didn't know how to do that because my visa process was um, actually pretty slow because COVID um, and I had to find my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and and then the, this job in Korea, um, TV station in Korea, it's only English uh, speaking um, TV station in Korea is uh, Arirang. Uh, that's what's it called. And uh, I applied and I got the job and yeah. <laughs> so here you were, um, mm-hmm. your first job post-military, your first job mm-hmm. doing exactly what you were you were talking about, being on the front lines of the pandemic and trying to share information right. with viewers. Mm-hmm. 
to, even if you're not calming their fears, it, knowing is always worse than not knowing. Right. Right. Um, so giving people information, just give us a picture of what that was like. It was definitely an interesting time for sure. I mean, because nobody knew what what was happening. I mean, we I remember hearing the um, the first case in Korea, and I thought it's going to be just like other disease. You know, it kind of comes and goes, mm -hmm. but it, it really hit Korea so hard that you know we ended up covering. I ended up being a designated uh, COVID reporter in Korea, and. Um, you know, I witnessed, you know, the first time the South Korean government, you know, implement a mask mandatory uh, to administer the first COVID shot. Um, you know, it was it was definitely an interesting time because I reported not only the, how pandemic impact South Korea, but also North Korea, um, you know, which was very, very rare opportunity, you know, as a first year reporter. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. Do you have any specific moments that you look back on and think, oh my goodness, I was right in the middle of history? Um, I think it was a time when the, the Pfizer COVID was arrived in Korea for the first time. Um, and I remember seeing it, seeing that an airport to, you know, um, delivering the COVID vaccine, you know, the bus ride and all that. And, um, and seeing that, you know, I, I'm surrounded by, you know, 20 different uh, reporters, you know, and saying that, hey, the first COVID vaccine just arrived right here in Incheon International Airport, you know, doing that report was was amazing, <laughs> you know, as a, as a first year reporter, too, because everywhere everyone is watching at home, um, you know, I'm in the middle of history. You know, uh -huh. so that was that was an interesting uh, moment. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Are there ever was there a moment where you knew things that you couldn't report that you wished um, you could tell the public? You know, that's a good question. I mean, we are a state run news service, um, but I, I, I wouldn't say there are much information we couldn't share with public. But um, I, I think with the way we say it was different than other outlets for sure mm. um so let's say you know if korea is having trouble getting um enough covid vaccines you know we do we do say that korea korean government is struggling but at the same time we emphasize that what the government is doing at that time um to fix the issue so you know the, the way we say things are a little bit different but i wouldn't say that we uh, there, there was information that we couldn't share with the world. Yeah. Mm. It was just the spin. That's the right word, right? For news, <laughs> the spin you put on it. Right, it right, right. It has exactly. to be positive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so on the, on the personal note, explain to me how this works. Like when you got married, how you, you two ended up quarantining on opposite sides of the globe that could not have mm -hmm. been easy. Um, and thanks to internet, <laughs> thanks to, <laughs> modern thanks to technology, Zoom. exactly. And uh, you know, if I'm mean, thinking back, if if it was you know 1970, 1960, you know, we probably ha have to you know mail you know our letters and you know things like that. But thanks to internet, you know, we were actually feel like we're in the same country because we you know we're talking on the phone and 
our texting and spontaneously and, you know, things like that. Um, so it wasn't as hard as I was expecting, but we do need, we do know, we did know that uh, we had to focus on our work. You know, we both knew that we needed to do our best to focus on careers at that time um, so that we, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was hard, but it, it was a difficult time. But at the same time, um, I think our job really helped us out at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would I would imagine you have to really throw yourself into your work. And I think you mentioned to me earlier that you really mm-hmm. felt like your colleagues, your co-reporters who took you under their wing kind of felt like family. Yeah, yeah, really did. Um, I mean, obviously, I, um, I lived with my parents at that time, but, um, you know, I barely barely stood them you know <laughs> yeah um, so yeah the colleagues at work and you know they were my family you know we still stay connected and you know uh in the matter of fact I'm you know when I go back to Korea I'm, you know I do see them so which is good yeah mm-hmm. so so you're here now yay mm-hmm. you're, you're you're back in the states reunited yeah. in the same city as your spouse tell us about your current role yeah, so my uh, current job is called the multimedia reporter, and um, a lot of people ask me what what that is. Um, uh, it's what is the difference from just just reporter? Um, so multimedia reporter or multi skill uh, reporter is uh, it's kind of like a one man band. You know, we we shoot videos, edit videos too. You know, we say it in front of camera. Uh, we are write articles and um so we do we do everything <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's what that's what my job is right now you know we we cover local crimes to you know to any other feature stories and things like that every day so you went from being thrown in the tiny fish in the in the big pond of of international frontline reporting mm-hmm. and now you're sort of doing all of it yourself in a little bubble for a local mm-hmm. station yeah how was that change difficult for you to make? Uh, it was, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was because our, you know, targeting audience is, was definitely different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, international news, our target audience is the world, you know, yeah. um, versus local journalism is people who are living in Spokane, you know, inland Northwest. Yeah. So, you know, making the change and doing covering stories, uh, focusing on those specific target audience was was quite the change, to be honest. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Which do you like better? Uh, well, I was going to say which ones I like better. Uh, but, you know, since I'm in the local journalism right now, so if I have to pick one, I would say local journalism. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there, there are multiple reasons, though. I mean, I mean, I'm making a difference every day. You know, you know, people come up to me on the streets and like, hey, you're Peter Choi. You know, welcome to Spokane. And we would love to have you. And, you know, I love the story you did um, a couple of days ago. And, you know, it, people do watch, you know, and uh, the things I say um, on air matter to them, you know, things like cover. Um, so yeah, a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, thank me and things like that, which is, which I think is a, is, is a blessing. So yes, I can imagine that's such a blessing. It's what gets you up in the morning, but does that also mm-hmm. put more pressure on what you do? I, I think so. I mean, I remember um, this guy, Mike, um, he, he came up to me and said, 
um hey welcome to spokane you know we we love to have you here and and the things that you say matter and things yeah he would just really appreciate what i do um so when i wake up in the morning i think of mike you know what (laughs) yeah what what can i do for mike today you know yeah Um, and it's you right you're mike it was you in your dorm room it's like what can i do for me slash mike (laughs) exactly (laughs) get them what they need yeah can you tell us tell us about a story that you did recently that you were that you felt really good about um, it was a stalking awareness story. Um, you know, it was about, um, you know, how do you, how do you go about stalking? You know, and, you know, if you, if you're somebody stalking you, uh, what to do and things like that. And so um, it was the last month when there was, uh, it was national stalking awareness month. So mm-hmm. I talked to stalking survivor and, and then go from there. And what, what are some resources um, are available in public um, for the community? And what's uh, really interesting was uh, I got a voicemail from a viewer and um, saying that, hey, I want to talk to Peter Choi. Um, I have a questions for him. And I thought it's, it was going to be just another, you know, um, maybe Chris, criticism or advice or things like that. But she she said, "Hey, I'm a I'm a uh, stalking uh, victim. You know, somebody's been stalking me for since 1980, and oh I don't know what to do with it. Um, do you have any resources you could provide? Um, any people you can uh, direct me to?" And uh, at that moment, I realized, "Wow, you know that that lady watched my uh, story, and she had the courage to." Uh, reach out to me and ask and share her story, which I thought was amazing. Wow. Um, so that really stood out to me. Okay. Now I'm curious. So if, mm-hmm. if I had a stalker, what what's the first thing I should do? So the main thing you could do is collect all the evidence you can have. Um, let's say the text from pictures that she sent or she sent or the letters that you got so far, the, the voicemail or all the things that, you know, if you can take, just take a pictures or collect uh, in one file and that becomes actual evidence for police to investigate. Um, you might not able to do that if you don't have enough evidence. So what in the meantime, yes, you could, um, you know, call police and say, hey, somebody's stalking me. Can you find out what's happening? But at the same time, what you could do in the meantime, you know, gather all those uh, information, all the evidence. And that's the first thing you have to do. That's great. That's great. I'm sure, I'm sure there's many stories like that, that um, feel just kind of like a normal day at the office, right? You're compiling information, you're putting it out there, Mm -hmm. but it might be exactly what someone needs in that moment. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there has to be a lot of joy in that. To, be, to know you're helping people. Um, I love that you went into journalism as a helping people choice, right? You wanted to help people mm-hmm. and that's what you're doing. You know, sometimes I wake up in the morning or sometimes I'm in the middle of a studio and thinking, wow, I'm, I'm really doing the job I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm helping um, people in the community. And it's... Um, I don't know how to explain that. It's, um, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes I cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's just say, you know, when somebody reached out to me like that, you know, wow, I'm making a difference. So that that was a huge feeling. Yeah. 
Well, we're all unique. One of my mm-hmm. my favorite quotes ever is a Margaret Mead quote. You are completely and totally unique, just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and and I think what your that story brings that back to mind that mm-hmm. um, you know you're getting to do what you love, you're doing what you're good at, and yet you're serving those around you in your community. And I I I mean mm-hmm. I feel like if we're all doing what God has created us to do, then we're Definitely. all to some extent making our community a better place, even though we're, we're fulfilled in our own work. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me to a question I love asking, um, mm-hmm. SPU alumni, because I don't think I've ever run into one who, who didn't have an answer to this question. <laughs> Is there an SPU professor, something they said or did that just mm-hmm. really got hold of you and, and you think about to this day? Um, well, as you know, you know, I was born and raised in Korea. You know, I moved to U.S. when I was, I think, 2011, when I was 16. Um, and, you know, I, I, did, I couldn't really speak English that well. You know, my English wasn't that good. Um, so I was really self-conscious about my accent all the time. You know, when I was in the public, uh, the, the public high school, you know, just to, just asking a question and raising my hand or asking questions was always hard because, you know, what if they don't understand what I say? you know, when I asked that question. So I was always self-conscious about my accent, but, um, and I got this uh, dream that I want to be, you know, broadcasting journalist in States, but the, that was the biggest hurdle, you know, being, being self-conscious about my accent. Mm-hmm. But um, my journalism professor, my, my, my communication professor, uh, Debbie Pope and Peck Ekman, you know, they were, they were the, you know, the biggest supporters, you know, when I was in college and, you know, they, they always tell me, Peter, you could do this job. You know, it doesn't matter if you if you have a job to if you have a dream to do if you have a dream to just pursue, just do it. You know that and that always stick in my head. You know, every time, um, even right now. So that really helped me out. <laughs> so thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's hard when you're a kid, right? You don't anything that makes you stick out as different is difficult, mm. and it doesn't feel good. And yet yeah, we grow yeah. up and become adults. And in the marketplace, what makes us unique is mm-hmm. what works for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. finally, what makes you unique is, is the good thing that that's selling you and setting you apart for from from others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the uh, that was the main thing that really taught me in college. I mean, yes, all the good, great topics and you know subjects and all that, but I think the biggest thing was you know confidence. You know, they really taught me how to be confident um, in what I do, basically. Um, And that was a big thing, yeah. If you were speaking in front of current college students right now and and there was just one thing you could get across to them, what what would you want them to know? Um, That's a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I would say, you know, trust yourself, you know, trust your gut. You know, if you have um, things you want to do, it doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what, what the world is telling you, really. I mean, it sounds a little uh, cheesy, but it really matters. I mean, you know, I remember in high school, you know, my English teacher telling me that, you know, what, you want to be rep- you only CNN reporter and like, no, you know, you have an accent. You, you, you barely <laughs> speak English, you know, but look what I am right now. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm one step closer, 
you know so if you have dream that you feel the things you want to do if and you continue to just pursue it every day and you you're waking up in the middle of uh, the things you like yeah yeah, yeah and, change the work. Uh, and the joy is in the hard things right the joy isn't usually in the things that come really easily the joy is in making those dreams those dreams come mm-hmm. true. So what is the dream? You said CNN reporter. What's what's the ultimate goal for your career? <laughs> uh, well, you know, back in high school, CNN was just the biggest uh, TV station. <laughs> that's just the, old, the biggest one you knew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that's good. That's a good question. I mean, I'm still uh, finding, you know, what I want to do. Uh, but wherever I end up being, I think, uh, the biggest thing I really care about, um, is Asian representation, uh, in America, you know, especially Asian males like me, um, cause you, you know, we don't, we don't get to see someone look like me often on TV and, you know, I, I want to change that, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I want to, I want to, I want to inspire other international students and um, maybe Asian male students then who want to do, you know, broadcast journalists, you know, I want to tell them, Hey, you could, you could do this job too, you know? And I think that's the dream uh, that I want to do, but um, the, I mean, I don't know if I want to be a the CNN reporter, I, you know, they ask me to be one, I, I'll do it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working my ways up and, you know, we'll see what, what God takes us. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see it now in, uh, Asian American sitting in his or her dorm room saying, look, mm-hmm. if Peter Choi can do it, so can I. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that. Uh, you know, inspiring international students or, um, uh, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. And the the people who might have, you know, they're struggling with the financial um, challenges um, when when they're in college, I I would love love to help them, you know, so my, my dream will be, you know, something creating scholarship, uh, you know, based on my, my name and helping international students. That would be a fantastic dream. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, call me tomorrow and we'll get that set up. <laughs> we'll get that started for you. Because <laughs> that, that, that really helped me out, you know, when I was in college, that some, someone who donated that money, um, they, they kept me going really. And, and I don't know who they are, but I love, when I see them, I love to just shake their hands and, Hey, you changed my life and you helped me where I'm right now. And I, I want to do the same thing to other uh, students. So, yeah. 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 Well, you're well on your way. Um, <laughs> it's so much fun talking to you, Peter. And I, I hope you'll come back and visit us again when you're um, a nightly news anchor or CNN or wherever, <laughs> wherever you land. Yeah. Yes. Um, but let's wrap up with our, our favorite last question. We ask all of our guests, uh, mm. if you could have everyone in Seattle do one thing differently tomorrow that would make the world a better place. What would you have us all do? Um, you know, trust yourself. You know, I said it before, but, you know, you know, I remember having so many things I used to say to myself, you know, can I do this job? Can I do this job um, as a non-native speaker? And um, I, you know, if you have something you want to do, go get it. Really, you know, wake up in the wake up in the morning and tell yourself and that you could deal with, 
And um, one day you realize you're in the middle of things that you always want to do. So trust yourself um, and trust others as well and love love your neighbors. I mean, that's, that's really the main thing I want to say. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, best of luck. Blessings to you and your wife as you relearn how to live together in the same (laughs) city. I can imagine that's very tricky, but we will be following your career. And I know before you know it, you'll be back on campus establishing that, that Peter Choi scholarship. That'd be be fantastic. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 